Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, July 21st. This is our 25th episode and our one-year anniversary. Our topic today is auxiliary time. What should it be used for? During the call, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com, chat on calltalk.tv, or call and ask to host your questions and interact the show. The number to call in is 347-857-3117. Select option two, and and the host will know that you have a question. Everyone who asks a question via email or chat on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its Best, and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality check benchmarking report valued at $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the one-year anniversary of Call Talk. We really appreciate those of you who've been with us for the year and really appreciate those of you who have been joining us during the course of the year. So uh, we are very happy with the way this has gone and uh, particularly with your participation. So please uh, keep sending in those questions and uh, supporting this this, uh, show. Uh, Today's topic is aux time. What is it and what should it be used for? Now, this could seem like one of the more arcane topics we've covered. Uh, One of my colleagues calls it awful aux. But I guarantee you that my guests will bring it to life and provide you with useful ideas. I'm delighted to welcome Thomas Falkowski, who is the Patient Access Director with Alina, the largest healthcare system in Minnesota. He directs centralized contact center services for 11 hospitals and over 70 clinics. Tom's experience spans over 17 years in a variety of roles, including customer service, workforce management, help desk director, and he's also led quality, training, and project management functions in support of customer service. I asked Tom to create an AUX audit, and I know you'll find a lot of value in his five-point program. In fact, after chatting with Tom yesterday, I thought to myself, gosh, AUX never seems so awesome. So, uh, Tom, welcome to the program. Thank you, Bruce, and happy to be with you. Okay, great. Well, Tom, let's start with a good definition of this elusive auxiliary time. Can you give that to us? Sure. Um, Basically, aux time is an agent state when they're logged into an ACD system that's used to make the agent unavailable for incoming distributed calls. And often it's referred to as either aux time, unavailable time, or in some systems, off time. And the purpose of having aux time is to basically manage your workload, uh, some of the non-call activities. It helps you create effective schedules, which uh, will also help you maximize your service level and budget accurately for staffing. Basically, mm-hmm. you, you, you do need to know everything in the entire work process to be able to manage and make better decisions. So really, it's, it's a key to, or one of the keys to managing your human resources uh, effectively and efficiency. Um, and I know that you've put together this uh, audit uh, for AUX. And uh, maybe you could uh, key us in on uh, point number one. All right. Well, the, f- the first point is really define how aux will be used in your center and, and make sure that your definitions are documented and in actual common use. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that is key, making sure that everybody's on the same page and actually using aux the, the same way and the right way. Correct. You know, there's uh, there's several w- different ways that you can 
look at oxen. I know we actually have some interesting discussion points around this, is that uh, I really see ox time in, into three separate buckets. Um, one, and I think this is most used in your benchmarking methodology, is in a paid, unproductive type of state. So those ox states uh, really being activities where you're paid but not actually producing uh, the the calls or other activity. Uh, mm -hmm. Good examples of those would be break time, meeting time, training, and when you start to get more detailed, it, it might even include like a bio break, coaching, or agent prep time. Mm -hmm. Then uh, as another bucket, uh, which uh, it, office time is used for, is actually a paid productive time. And again, depending on how much detail you want to use in your center, you might break down uh, project time into other buckets such as correspondence, customer email, manual processing, research, order entry, or, or scanning. Basically other tasks that you want to have a finite breakdown of, but uh, not necessarily uh, just all lumped together. Mm -hmm. And then the final, uh, the final function of OX is to capture uh, one unpaid function as well, which is lunch. And a, a lot of contact centers will basically have agents log off for lunch. But when you use a workforce management tool, uh, more than likely uh, your, your uh, area or contact center will actually stay logged in but go into a, an OX lunch function. Even, right. though it's un, even though it's unpaid, you still want to actually manage adherence to the schedule. And so you, you still use it as a logged-in state. Okay, and, and that's great. Uh, basically, the three separate buckets that you talked about, the paid unproductive, the paid productive, and the unpaid lunch, for instance, uh, time, are uh, areas that for purposes of overall human resources management are, are key areas. And uh, as you mentioned in our discussion before, it sort of lets you know what everybody's doing uh, all the time <laughs> so that there are no sort of black holes. Uh, where you don't know what's, what, what people are doing. Or if, if there are black holes, they're because people are misusing things, and we'll talk about that more later. And, and for benchmarking purposes, we use uh, aux time as one of the uh, efficiency metrics, that is to say cost-related metrics, in our balanced scorecard of uh, efficiency, that is to say cost-related metrics, and on the other side of the equation, uh, the effectiveness or quality-related uh, metrics. And so for that purpose, what we ask people to do, according to our glossary, is to really carve out the paid unproductive time, uh, the break, meeting, training, uh, coaching, prep time from uh, the rest and, and utilize that as your box time. So uh, I think that th this is really good because it uh, brings to our audience also the fact that aux time can have different, different calculations for different purposes. And uh, actually, if you have a system that is giving you all of the buckets that you talked about, Tom, then it's very easy to carve out the paid unproductive time uh, for purposes of uh, benchmarking. And it's, it's really not a hard thing to do, and we can always help somebody do that. Uh, the paid productive time you were talking about which might have to do with uh, emails, uh, correspondence, manual processing, that type of thing, uh, really needs to be taken out of our uh, benchmarking for our inbound customer service uh, survey because that really concentrates on the telephone work. 
and we don't want uh, you to be penalized when you're benchmarking yourself by having too much of that other stuff uh, mixed in there. So, um, yeah, great. Uh, very good to, to sort of clarify that right up front. Um, yeah, the, the, you've got some other good points under this audit point number one as well, Tom. Right. Well, yes, I think uh, you know it's very easy to become, uh, I guess, over-detailed in this process when you start to think about how you uh, have your people spend their time. So th there's definitely a balancing act of keeping it simple as possible uh, to make sure that it's really usable. I know I've seen, uh, it's similar to when people use uh, too many wrap-up codes for calls, Oftentimes they use too many aux codes as well, and it really leads to agent confusion. Uh, ultimately, what an agent will do is push the same button all of the time, and so you you lose the accuracy uh, of what you're trying to capture. And mm -hmm. another another thing that you really want to be able to do with aux time to make it easy on the agent is to uh, program feature buttons with those codes and have them e either labeled on the phone or if you're using a CTI system and you can uh, code your different work states, be sure you put an icon with that aux code as well. So those will enable you to actually get usable data. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So really, on this audit point number one, the key things are define, document, and make sure that things are in common use. Would you say that that really sums up those uh, uh, this audit point one, Tom? Yep, very well. Okay, great, great. Well, let's move on then to audit point number two. Well, point number two is after you've made those definitions is to set targets for each of those specific work states and then to make sure that you communicate those to, you know, your, your whole center, your teams, and also the individuals who are doing the work. Um, it's actually fairly easy to create estimates on how many time should be sent, spent in an activity. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really relatively simple with some of your work roles, such as two 15-minute breaks in a day will allow you to figure out what percentage or what amount of time they should spend in a break time. Um, same thing with lunch or uh, perhaps even meetings that you've pre-scheduled. So all of those different times can be... Uh, then communicated to the staff, and ultimately, uh, what I like to do in, in my centers is to make sure that the agents understand that by writing it into their goals and their accountabilities. And, mm. and one other great place to put it in is on coaching forms. So if you have weekly or um, monthly coaching meetings with your staff, you can always bring up those points. So if it's written on your form, it'll it'll end up being a good coaching point. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this really does something that most centers don't do, which is raise aux as a metric to the level of consciousness of uh, the agents, now, not in terms of a technical thing where they push a button to put themselves in there, but as something that's important to be measured and that actually uh, reflects on their performance and the productivity of the center. So I think that kind of communication is just so important with uh, agents so that they really are brought into the management picture. Right. When, when the agent knows why it's important to your company uh, and to themselves, then they'll do the activities that you hope to do. And mm -hmm. one, way, one other way that you can end up communicating with your staff may actually be through your workforce management pack, uh, package, 
or software that's giving them their schedules. And uh, mm -hmm. this is really common uh, that the management needs to work with your workforce management group, if you have one of those, uh, to basically create what are the rules on when these ox time processes are going to happen. And uh, you know the best workforce management tools actually will balance and place those ops activities um, to help you achieve your service level targets as well. So Very important point. Yeah, and I think it's also something where sometimes the, the uh, training you feel that you have to do with your agents, you also have to do with your workforce management people. Because particularly if you have somebody who's come from another center, a workforce management pro, uh, but has definite ideas about how uh, these various metrics, including uh, or functions, including aux time, are supposed to be used. Uh, you sometimes have to spend time, a real sit-down session, to convince them that they need to, uh, to treat things in a different way or measure things in a different way. Definitely. So basically, the the main thing again here is by communicating, you're making sure everyone will use the right state and the data that, that you're collecting is uh, is what you hoped it would be. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, great. Okay, should we move on to uh, audit point three then? Well, the next point is really about just measure, coach, and control. And again, it's ox time when it's not managed ends up getting out of control very easily. So uh, some things you should do is first uh, use real-time reporting. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things where you want supervisors or if you have a workforce management team that does real-time management, to be watching what states the agents are in and also the length of time that they're in states. It's very easy to see uh, that if someone's going over an event such as a break, that you start to track them down and, and uh, see what they're doing, uh, get them back into the state that you really want them to be. And it's important that you actually include OX reports in your daily, weekly, and monthly metrics. Um, mm -hmm. it's oftentimes they come out of a different set of reports, not out of your regular call reports. They're more based off of the agent performance side. But when you report on the hours, be sure you break down how those hours were actually spent. And uh, if you look at them, have supervisors look at them at the individual level and then management focus on the team or center level, uh, be sure you investigate when you start to have variances. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, in fact, uh, if you find that there's too much time, too much project time or other things, uh, do you find that there's some uh, problems that it could represent? And what has your experience uh, shown with regard to looking into that and what you have found? Well, you know, I, I see agents use ox time uh, incorrectly often when they're struggling. For example, a different call type that they weren't prepared for arrives, mm -hmm. they'll often uh, go into an ox state and start walking around trying to seek that answer. And uh, that's one thing that happens. But also, you know, you see variances in ox time uh, when there's other flaws, like a, in, in perhaps uh, the workflow, um, so that they, they know they need to take more time to get something done, they'll, they'll panic and use the ox state incorrectly. Right, right, right. Yeah, and also sometimes when you have situations where there's pre-programmed uh, after-call work time, then people will say, okay, I've only got 10 seconds between calls or eight seconds or something, so I'm going to put people in aux time while I finish their record. <laughs> That's right. really an incorrect use of aux time. 
And the kind of thing you discover when you do side-by-sides, as we oftentimes do when we go on site, and uh, that often that has led to a lot of sort of restructuring of uh, use of box, of hold, et cetera, and of after-call work time uh, to make it more rational within the uh, center uh, and to give managers better metrics uh, in terms of accuracy. Okay, great. Well, let's, let's move on to audit point number four. Uh, tell us about that. Well, the next point is really to monitor for adverse impacts. And although ox time is one of those things that most managers want to avoid, uh, as you had mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, what happens when you become too restrictive with your agents is that they'll end up taking it out on the callers in some way or another. And it may be that they're looking to uh, lengthen the call time by, by actually pausing with the the caller or um, basically maybe doing other activities in a call that you don't want them to do. So mm-hmm. you can see that if you um, either listen to the call and you, you hear delays or perhaps you are, are watching screens and watching uh, someone go back and do other call activities or other activities on the call. Mm-hmm. One of the yeah. other, th- this is also a common area where um, uh, agents know how to work the system of how to basically distribute calls to other people. So it becomes a work avoidance issue when uh, an agent might actually continually hit an aux button for just a real quick moment and basically make other members of the team look more available or having been available longer in the system. And therefore, they, they kind of keep avoiding calls by just hitting that aux button for just a moment and flashing back in. No, agents don't do that, do they, Tom? (laughs) Ones who think they're too smart do, that's for sure. (laughs) No, absolutely. I mean, it makes uh, a lot of sense. And as soon as people know that uh, their system goes for the longest waiting agent and that they can sort of uh, stump the system by putting themselves in aux for a second or, you know, whatever, and then coming out again, then they'll do that. And so you have to definitely monitor for that, make sure that people aren't uh, unfairly uh, sloughing off work under other, onto others. Um, yeah, okay, well, uh, absolutely. And tell us also about what happens in cases of uh, centers that have escalation teams and seniors uh, or leads, team leads that, um, you know, take the escalated calls. Right. You know, I've been in teams or been in centers where we had such high expectations for the new agents or the primary call takers that, uh, you know, they they had to have 90 plus percent available time or a time productive time. And uh, so they're really working themselves to death. But then, you know, they'll, they'll have calls that are transferred to either an escalation team or a senior team, uh, maybe even a lead group. But uh, those people take the more difficult calls, but often have uh, very different expectations for aux. So um, those teams uh, might be in a, a aux state the majority of their day, and uh, it turns your really productive best agents into the least productive people that you may have, because no one's really watching that group of people with the same set of eyes. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that myself, actually, in, in one of our centers of excellence. I went in to, to do a recertification at one point, sat down with the agents for uh, the, uh, uh, you know, face-to-face with a group of agents, 
and just asked him about some things. And one of the uh, things that came out was that a couple of the team leads who had been excellent agents and therefore had been promoted were now abusing the uh, extra time that they had in terms of sort of going around and helping people, but also going around and talking and sort of doing other things. So uh, this is a, a good one to watch, a good one to watch, and to make sure that really you are coaching the people you put into those positions uh, to avoid it, to make sure that they know they're being checked in some way or another, and that they're being made responsible for uh, not abusing this uh, this new privilege that they have. Right, and, and it make sure that your overall uh, contact center is, is hitting your targets for productive time. Right. Okay, good. So audit point four is monitor for adverse impacts that come from uh, the uh, whole way in which ox time is measured. Well, let's move on to point number five because then we've got some questions we'd like to answer, have answered too. So this is uh, analyze and improve. Tell us, uh, tell us about that in a minute or so. Well, great. What we had talked about before is that often when you start to see variances in ox times, it, it, it is usually tending to be a problem related. And it, it mm -hmm. may be that you're actually starting to see issues where you're, you're understaffed for a period of time and the only way that people can tolerate that is to go into an unavailable state. Um, when staff is really new um, or lacks training, they, a lot of times they'll expand the amount of ox time that they have. But as we had talked about before, it could also mean that there's a def defect in um, either the service that you're offering that might have just occurred. And if, if you notice that variance quickly, you can address it and improve it. But basically, this is one of those great areas when you use your workforce management team to uh, provide the analytics and uh, help you improve the usage of off time, you know, recommending the best time slots for things to happen, uh, scheduling meetings, uh, and those different activities. Uh, there's also times where I think you'll have to pay attention, especially in peak hours of the day, where there's uh, maybe a no ox type of rule that you actually mm. need hands available. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things to be watching for is that you know people who are in ox are basically your reserve force. So make sure people know that they're the reserve force and that you might actually ask them to come out of whatever activity that they're doing to help when a customer is waiting. Mm, okay, that's a good uh, good point. They're sort of the national guard of the situation, aren't they? They can be called into service uh, to help uh, fight the battles that need to be fought. So, uh, yeah, that's a good, uh, good very good point. Um, any other final points with regard to the analyze and improve audit point number five, uh, Time. Well, again, I think it's one of the important things is, again, if you're counting on people to um, move themselves out of a uh, aux state, perhaps you have cue lights that blink or, uh, or or some other signs, and you're, you're hoping that they'll just come out uh, of that time, you can't always count on that to happen. So you might have to take a real active role, again, with that real-time management to um, call those people back to work. Okay, great. Well, listen, we have uh, some questions here, so I'd like to get to, to those before uh, the, hour, the half hour runs out. So, Sean, uh, what do we have there? Our first question comes from Kevin. Uh, before I get to it, I'd like to remind the audience, you can use the, the chat function if you're logged into calltalk.tv, call in or email us your questions. 
Uh, Kevin asks, many of our agents complete call tasks while they are in aux on available state. It allows them to finish up the work they are doing without getting um, – sorry, it's a multi-part question – without uh, getting to another call. What is the difference between using after-call work and using aux to do this function? Mm. Okay, good one. Okay, over to you, Tom. <laughs> well, again, it's uh, important to make a distinction between after-call work and aux time, even though from the agent perspective, it's doing the same thing of blocking them from receiving another call. Really, mm -hmm. you want to use after-call work to be very closely synchronized with the incoming call because you want to be able to uh, capture an, uh, an overall call length uh, so that when you're using, again, a, a, a staffing model, you'll be plugging in your overall contact length or average handling time generate the number of staff you may need. But mm -hmm. aux time, though, is different in that it's really more, I guess you would say, a straight line activity that you want to budget for. So to accurately prepare your staffing model, you want to keep the two activities separate, the productive work time uh, versus um, what might be, a, again, a straight line batch function. Mm. Now, so important. Uh, when you uh, misuse these these uh, different functions and different metrics, then it does mess up your uh, scheduling and your uh, projections in, in a way that can be uh, really problematic. And uh, we see that uh, after-call work time gets stuck into aux. Sometimes uh, it gets stuck into hold time because people just put calls on hold instead of, uh, you know, waiting until after the call. Uh, and so you're absolutely right, Tom. It's really important to have accuracy in the recording of these things and to make sure that your agents are helping uh, and that your systems are allowing your agents to be accurate. So, okay, good. Good, uh, good question, good answer. Sean, do we have another one? Uh, we do. Uh, this person didn't leave a name. Uh, uh, our center has never used detailed aux codes before. Uh, how many should we start with, and which codes will give me the most information to work with? Mm, good question. Tom? Well, good. Uh, again, a, a lot of centers start with just one, and, and, and one is too little. So they might just have an aux unavailable work state. But I would recommend that, that you have a, a minimum of three, um, but and perhaps a little bit more if your center needs it. But for sure you'll want to capture your, your break time because again, that's a paid, uh, a paid uh, time that you you definitely want to be able to control. Uh, I also would recommend that you use a, a project time again for perhaps those straight line functions that you might be doing um, that are uh, again something calculable. And, and then finally, I, again, my preference is to keep agents logged in over lunch. So I like to see the the uh, ox lunch function as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, Sean, do we have another question there? Um, that's all I have for right now. Okay. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, I was thinking about with regard to aux time and uh, the, cr the, the critical nature of making sure that things are uh, properly categorized in terms of the use of time. In other words, Think of what, Tom, you said at the very beginning, and that is that um, define how aux time will be used in your center, make sure that it's documented, and make sure that there's common use by everyone in terms of uh, uh, 
in terms of this whole ox time metric. And if it's going to be a useful management metric, you really do have to make sure that you have a complete process, that you've thought through what your needs are, that you've communicated, that you've documented it properly, and that you've uh, communicated throughout your organization and made sure that people are actually uh, following it. Tom, you may have uh, some experience or some uh, a story to tell with regard to that. Well, actually, it was uh, just even a, uh, about two weeks ago, I went to one of our smaller locations, and there was a small group of, of sales uh, representatives who uh, were asking me specifically about when they should use Ox and uh, how they should use it. And uh, interesting, interesting enough, uh, they actually had a sheet of paper one of the agents pulled out uh, that was sitting on, on their desk, and um, on it was a, a thick layer of dust. And uh, so as we talked about it, he proudly pulled out this sheet with uh, all of the dust on it and uh, mentioned, oh, I see <laughs> how, how you use this now. Uh, and prior to that point, he was always using just an aux button that did not give any details. And so even his supervisor, who was standing there, uh, again said, well, that sounds really smart. We should be using that information for uh, our, our uh, goal going forward. So um, just to see that there was a, a sheet of paper that was several years old on the top of a pile just means, again, it, it has to be in active use and that the supervisor actually needs to be involved with monitoring and coaching his people to uh, actually have it effectively used. Mm -hmm. so, okay, so, great. Yeah, no, no, very, very good points, Tom. And um, let's see, Sean, we're getting to the bottom of the hour, but Sean has another question. So, uh, Sean, why don't we bring that forward? Uh, this question came from Chris. Uh, what mode do you recommend for making a callback to customer to correct a service issue? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, uh, a callback to a customer ends up being uh, kind of a lesser known aux state as well, and that you'll be in an aux out mode. Um, oftentimes, if we have uh, callbacks happening, and again, it does depend on the size of your center, you might want to group those activities um, so that they can actually go through them at a, uh, at a good clip. However, that's maybe not realistic, and, uh, and so again, if you have callback times that are really set by your uh, your customer, for example, they want to call back at a certain time, um, basically you will get uh, details, call handling details uh, about extension out calls. Um, uh, again, your extension out reports will typically talk about how many outbound calls you attempted and the mm -hmm. duration of those contacts. Mm -hmm. I look at uh, outbound call activity similar to inbound call activity and um, for me, I, I like to use overall contact length versus uh, just inbound contact length for determining staffing needs. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, listen, Tom, a lot of uh, good, rich content here in terms of this uh, auxiliary time metric. So thank you very much for the input and for being with us on the show today. And I'd like to hand things over to Sean because we're at the bottom of the hour and out of time. I want to thank our, our host, Tom, as well. Thank you for all your great insights uh, to the show. Uh, thanks for all the participants and their questions. 
Uh, it was a great show. Um, don't forget you can sign up for Reality Check and compare your aux time to peers in your industry. Our winner today of the In-Depth Reality Check uh, is from chat. Uh, Chris, please send an email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com, and we will get you your free In-Depth Reality Check. The topic for our next show on August 4th is workforce management, and our co-host is Adam Sinkowski. Uh, thanks again for your time today, and uh, have a great day.